Find Your Focus is a recharging space for the ambitious, introverted woman. Grab a quick energy boost and reflect on how you want to show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life. Here's some inspiring stories of people around the world who've done things differently from society's extroverted expectations. Your host, Heather, a woman's leadership and life transitions coach, founder of a restored radiance coaching for the ambitious introvert, international communicator and marketer, world traveler, UK expat, and fellow introvert. Heather aims to help ambitious, introverted women find their unique leadership voice and create life transition roadmaps from career changes to moving countries or cities. Join Heather every Tuesday to find your focus, to fill your mindset with positivity and motivation to go after your dreams using your own unique energy blueprint. Your perceived weaknesses are your powerhouse. Here is your host. Today, we are talking all about the stress and gut connection. So we're going to go nerdy and deep as I know you fellow ambitious introverts love to do just like me. Um, Today's guest is Drew Martino. She is a nutrition health coach, internationally certified life coach, and digestive health expert. Her passion comes from her own background in struggling with digestive issues and an autoimmune condition. Through her years of training, dedication, and knowledge, she's healed herself from the inside out, and now it's her mission to help other women do the same. Drew works with women through her monthly membership and in her signature four-week program, The Glow Method. So without further ado, let's get nerdy. Hi, ambitious introverts. It's Heather here. I am so excited to have our guest on the podcast today. She is Drew Martino, a certified nutrition, health, and life coach, and digestive health expert. She's going to be speaking to us today about healing your gut and emotional eating uh, during uncertain times, and I'm so excited to have her on. Drew, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, I'm so excited to just dive in. You know um, us as ambitious introverts. We love to dive straight into the nitty gritty and the details and get really deep into beautiful ideas. So I'm so excited to have you um, as my introverted idea buddy today. <laughs> totally. Let's, let's do it. I'm, I'm ready. All right. So I really wanted to dive in and ask, how did you get to where you are today? And um, how did you first identify as an ambitious introvert? Oh my gosh, Heather, I feel like that's a loaded question. <laughs> so how did I get here today? Simplified, uh, I would say personal experience, long hours, lots of pro bono work, as I'm sure you know, through mm-hmm. going through Beautiful You Life Coaching Academy, um, support, term- determination, and probably mostly just believing in myself. And I would say I'm extremely ambitious in anything I set my mind to, but I'm also very introverted. Um, So I need a lot of downtime, a lot of alone time, a lot of time to just like sit with my thoughts and recharge. And like we were talking about, like I thrive in the days when I can just be creative and not have any meetings. So, um, I love the long days when I have client calls, but I need that extra energy support in between sessions. So um, I would just say I just identify as, you know, I'm very ambitious and I'm definitely an introvert. (laughs) Mm. 
I, I completely relate to that. And I'm really curious as well, can you take us on your journey of discovering your your interest in gut health? Um, because that's such an interesting topic, but I'm curious to find out how your own journey led you to that. Yeah, I, oh gosh, my journey is really long. Um, so to try to make it short is I struggled with, gut issues my entire life and it wasn't until I ended up on the hospital bed in the ER I, I drove myself to the ER with like severe severe stomach pains had no idea what was going on um and I ended up six hours in there they were doing all these different types of testing trying to figure out what was going on with me and I left the hospital six hours later with like it was like a handful of medications a long list of things that I had to do and avoid um and then three months of testing and I just I was really struggling at the moment with everything going on um and just it, it started to inhibit the way that I was showing up for myself and my business and day to day and my relationships so I realized that I couldn't keep keep going down this route. Like I couldn't keep doing it and I needed, there needed to be something different. I needed to change. So that's when I really just took it into my hands and said, look, like I need to figure this out myself. Um, and I started to eat better, but then I started to get frustrated because I was eating better, but I wasn't noticing that much of a difference in how I felt. So it wasn't until I hired a life coach that I was able to kind of have this like well-rounded experience of marrying the lifestyle with the health. And that's when I started to see all these these huge changes that were happening. Um, so that really started to spark something in me and a passion in me to be like, this is what I want to do. I want to help other women who are struggling with this to realize that you know it's not just the food it's also our relationships our home environment our our mindset the way that we think um the things that we believe what we do um it's it's like stress sleep it's everything that comes into play when we are focusing on healing our digestion so it just came from a passion of personal experience, I would say. And then that kind of just snowballed into this like complete, complete overhaul of like a mission to help other women to just feel their best and to really help support and guide them on their, on their own journeys. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, I love how your journey um, and I so related to the point where you were saying that you decided to eat better, but you still realized that nothing, or there was still lots of things that were missing. And I very much relate to that on my own journey. And I think that a lot of um, information that's out there or has been <clears throat> in the last few decades has been kind of like a one size fits all approach. Mm -hmm. And I love that you've brought in a very holistic way at looking at um, your diet and lifestyle um, because we are so different. All of us are different and our guts are different as well. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I noticed, like, because I, when I started to coach clients, a lot of my one-on-one clients were coming to me with the same frustration of coming from this culture of, like, they went to seek help and the person just gave them like a handbook that they give everyone and saying like here do this and they're like but this doesn't it didn't work for me and you know that was my own frustration too was was like hey like like you said like it's such a bio individual approach like we are all different in so many ways so when you're treating and talking about health and lifestyle you cannot you can't just have this like umbrella of like everyone is the same everyone needs to do this it's you know it's like okay here's some tips here's some here's some tricks but take what you want from it and then change some and then leave the rest it's like you still need to be the expert at what you do um because i think we're all experts in everything because we know best you know, there's, there's other people that help support and guide us, but when it comes down to it, we really need to tap in to our intuition and, you know, like there's that gut again, like that gut check kind of thing mm-hmm. as to like what's really best for us. Oh, yes. That's such a good point. And a lot of us um, are, I'm speaking from experience, our intuition is, is muted because we've been so much in our heads. Um, and been taught to be in our heads for so long that sometimes we don't even know how to listen to our intuition. Um, Mm -hmm. And you mentioned as well about how stress plays into um, your diet and your gut. And um, as we're recording this, it's mid-April 2020, and the whole world is currently in the midst of a global pandemic of COVID-19. A lot of people out there Um, are dealing with stress and overwhelm and many have lost their jobs. I know in the last month alone in the U.S., 22 million have um, applied for unemployment. Um, So there's a lot of stress and overwhelm. And I know that even myself, I've noticed that I've um, been a bit more inflamed than normal just with my skin, but also um, feeling bloated. Um, and I'm recognizing that as um, uh, outcomes of stress. Um, so can you go into the gut and stress connection and feel free to go nerdy on us because I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally go nerdy. Um, and what, like what you just said, yeah, I think a lot of us are starting to realize how much of an impact this is having on on our digestion. Um, and not even like, you know, sometimes we might not relate things to our digestion when like we're getting like a lot of skin issues and maybe our energy's being very depleted or we're feeling like really moody right now, but it does all link back to our digestion. So our stress can affect our digestion and what nutrients our intestines absorb. And our intestines have, um, they have like this tight barrier that protects our body from most food-related bacteria. And the stress can make our intestinal barrier weaker. So it kind of opens up that tight barrier and allows that gut bacteria to enter our body. The relationship between not only um, 
physiological stress, but also environmental is complicated and it's it's really multi-layered. And that's why there's so many books and articles on like the connection between our brain and our gut. And therapy, um, and I know because therapy has helped me so much, can really help ease our digestive distress by working through what stresses us out. So it's like when we start to be able to label those stressors, that's when that really can help us. Um, but not only therapy, I think, you know, working with coaches, you know, working with someone like you or myself, um, this is the time when we really thrive because we're able to, to just have that open communication and conversation with our clients as to, you know, what's going on. Like a lot of times people can be shut off from connecting to that part of themselves, that, that deep emotional, um, responsive state. And I think it's it takes someone to kind of open them up with those those high like high level questions, those deep questions that you normally wouldn't ask yourself. Um, that really helps. But most people don't know that our gut also has its own brain, and uh, the brain in our gut is called the enter- enteric nervous system. I always say that word wrong, enteric <laughs> nervous system. And you'll hear people talk about our gut as our second brain because it really relies on the same neurons and neurotransmitters that are found in the central nervous system. So like our brain and our spinal cord. So when a person's stressed enough to trigger that fight or flight response, uh, our digestion slows or even stops because it's like working in overdrive to to handle what's going on with all that stress that we're feeling. Um, so fight or flight response for people that aren't aware is also known as acute stress response. It's basically that like uh, physiological reaction that we have that occurs in the moment of something that scares us. Or if you can imagine like, you know, in our, our primal days when like someone was, we were getting chased by like a, a lion or something it, it our body can't distinguish between um those like different kinds of stress so uh we need to really start paying attention to our our men our stress mentally and physically so if you've noticed like an increase in bowel movements i know i have during mm-hmm. all of this covid19 stuff or just that like our feeling um that feeling of being off you know, I know a lot of times I hear that like on Instagram and stuff where like, oh, I feel so off. Um, it can be a combination of things from stress about our current situation um, and or what we're eating. So it's kind of like that double whammy. And our body diverts all its internal energy to facing these perceived threats. And like I said, it can work the other way too. So when we're having these constant gut issues, that can heighten anxiety and stress. It's kind of like a, that cycle that can be really hard to compete with unless we have those tools, um, you know, in our in our back pocket, or I, I like to call them like in our cargo pants. My therapist <laughs> claimed that. Um, we have tools in our cargo pants where it's like, you know, things we can do for self-care um, to calm us down, relaxation techniques, and just awareness of things that we can do and use in, in these moments that we need it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've, you've touched on so many um, amazing points there. And I, I really love how you explained um, the stress and gut um, connection there. Um, 
I, I want to also dive into, you were mentioning that you had um, a history of emotional eating. And I share this with the note to um, yourselves, myself, and our listeners that when we discuss um, emotional eating here, it's really just, it's, it's not shame-based. It's really just an, um, a supportive, nurturing environment where we can be honest with ourselves and learn um, about ourselves here. Um, so I, I don't want this to be triggering to anyone um, at the moment. But um, regarding your, your own history with emotional eating, um, I'd be interesting to know about your own experience um, and how you're coping in today's stressful world and avoiding emotional eating. Because I know that for me, when I um, am stressed, um, especially now, it's I've been able to manage it um, in the in the recent past for other things, but now I find myself tending to go for those peanut butter M&Ms and the mac and cheese because my brain equates that to comfort. So I would love your take on and your to hear about your own experience with emotional eating. Yeah, I've had a long, complicated relationship with food and I feel like, you know, I want to, I want to let everyone know that it, you have to look at it as a journey, not like a finish line. So, you know, I know that my time will never be fully complete with this this constant um, this constant complicated relationship with food. It's always going to be there. It's just that I have a lot of awareness and knowledge and tools now to handle it a lot better. Um, I think my emotional eating journey began when I was a child, um, you know, I, I work around a lot of things in therapy, just around childhood and feeling very alone and lonely. And, um, like I was never good enough or getting enough better grades or, you know, there was always something that made me feel like I was unworthy as a child. And that really, um, you know, I look back at that time and I see, how I was feeling and the foods that I was turning to. And even now, like, you know, it's, um, it was like mac and cheese with hot dogs and certain comfort foods that I would just, I would eat because they made me feel better. And it carried me through it. It supported me, you know, food has always been a huge support to me and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I want people to know that there's nothing wrong with having food as a support system it's just it's when we start to forget um and overeat and binge and um that's the only tool that we have to help support us that's when it starts to become an issue um but you know it it transpired into college and college you know I had um there was a lot going on in college with just relationships and uh not being healthy with how much I was going out and I was I was drinking a lot and you know then I would emotionally eat and then when I emotionally ate it made me feel like crap so it was like this cycle this never-ending cycle and you know um now I look at food as I would say like from a higher level of support like I don't look at it as supporting me emotionally so much I look at it as like how is this 
healing and nourishing me in the times where I feel emotional. So it's that, that mindset, like just that, that mindset shift of like, you know, I'm not relying on this food. I'm using it to help me cope. Um, but I'm also using it to help me nourish my body because I know if I'm nourishing myself, my emotions will be much more better off and much more stable. Um, so I think coping in, in today's stressful world, um, and I, I I really want to stay away from using the word avoiding emotional eating because I think when we use that, it can kind of put us in that bad space of when we want to emotionally eat that we feel guilty about it. And we need to we need to start feeling not feeling guilty about the things and the choices that we make and just learn from them. So, you know, if you are indulging in like those M&Ms and, um, you know, for me, it's, it's definitely sweet stuff for sure. Um, I just look for, for different swaps. Like I'll, I'll swap something out for a little bit healthier. I know that if I want that crunch and that saltiness and sweetness that I really, really love, um, this brand by Purely Elizabeth, this grain-free granola with dark chocolate chips in it. And I know that I'm not only eating to just support me emotionally, but I'm also eating to nourish myself and nourish those emotions that are coming up. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I think you've raised such a beautiful point there about giving um, everyone permission to um, feel the feelings, to not um, see emotional eating as a, you know, a good versus bad scenario, um, and allowing it to be part of ourselves and how we express our emotions. Um, but also bringing in more of a, um, a mindset shift there about, um, what foods and asking ourselves what foods, um, make us feel nourished, um, and supported and perhaps give us that boost of energy, all things that we may want um, in times of stress and uncertainty like today. Yeah, yeah, I love, you know, I always, I like to think of it as like, when I say mindset, it's like Jedi, Jedi mindset tricks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like instead of just thinking about food as supporting us emotionally, emotional eating, it's like, how are we looking at it as not only is it supporting us, but how is it nourishing us? How is it fueling our bodies? How is it giving us, um, you know, I, I like to think of things as like, how am I, what am I gifting to my future self? Like, is this food a gift that I'm giving to how I want to feel in a month? Or is it something that, you know, I'm not going to feel great on? Like, not just feel great. And I'm not talking about the guilt and shame. I'm talking about feel great, like, in your body, like your your digestion. Is it going to help things flow or is it going to, you know, do the opposite? So it's kind of just asking yourself all these questions. And sometimes it even takes before you make those those you know quick trips to the the pantry or kitchen to just have a moment where you connect with yourself um and I really like to do it where I just place my hands on my on my heart or on my belly and I just take like and I'm even doing it right now because I do it so often <laughs> I'm, I'm actually doing it with like you nature. <laughs> and you know I just do it and I take a few deep breaths and I just I just say to myself, I'm like, you know, you're supported, you're fully supported, you know, what do you need right now? Is is this something that you need, um, that you want, do you feel like happy about your decision? And, some, you know, just asking yourself those questions 
taking a few deep breaths, it can really change the way that you are feeling in the moment um, instead of just, you know, automatically, it's like we don't even think about it and we're just reaching for that food that we know we're not going to feel great on. Mm, I love that tip as well. That And that's something that we can do at any point when we're feeling um, overwhelmed and, and wanting to react immediately to our fear and our anxiety about the current and uncertain situation. Um, I know a lot of people as well might be worried about their jobs or have, have lost their jobs. And um, during this uncertain time, they may want to try to eat a little bit healthier in terms of just trying to find more nourishing foods for themselves. Um, what are some quick, um, simple things that perhaps are low cost that um, some of our listeners can um, find at hand um, in the moment when maybe finances don't allow them to to really you know spend some money at the Whole Foods. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about food wise, right? Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. So you know, I always say like Whole Foods are better. Like not. And I'm not talking about Whole Foods like the grocery store. <laughs> I'm talking about like just foods that are less processed. Um, you know, I know right now it's, for me, like where we're at, it's very easy to find produce because most people are are, are going for like, the, like ice cream and you know, the, the comfort foods. So right now there's like an abundance, but at the same time, like my husband and I are trying to cut down on going in a grocery store because it just doesn't feel like that exciting, safe space anymore. Um, So, you know, go to the frozen section and stock up on frozen veggies. Usually those are cheap. You can find them at Aldi. You can get them at Trader Joe's, um, really anywhere. Frozen veggies are amazing. You can toss them into anything. Um, My favorite way to make like a really quick lunch or dinner is to follow um, my Glow 5 method, and that's inside the membership it's in the the program that's one of the kicks it's like the kickstart my kickstart signature program inside the membership but it's just you know if you can make a plate with you have a veggie a dark leafy green a protein um a uh, gluten-free grain and a healthy fat if you can hit all those categories then you can really like make anything. So, you know, for me, as simple as like, I throw in some lettuce and then uh, some uh, frozen veggies that I'll heat up. Um, And then I put in like some leftover quinoa, uh, drizzle some olive oil, maybe some olives. And, you know, I don't eat a lot of meat, but when I do like I'll maybe some chicken or, um, you know, I'll put some like hemp in there or some almonds. Um, so it's just kind of like having these things ready. You know, in your pantry, you can you can keep lentils and quinoa and you can throw those into anything um, and make it easy and healthy. So I would say frozen veggies, some, you know, just some, um, some grains, uh, gluten-free grains, some healthy fats. And I think that that's like the easiest way to to just make your meals right now. It's not about following these fancy recipes. I know 
we're seeing like everywhere, like, you know, all these like fancy things that people are doing and um, trying to follow like Pinterest recipes, you know, these things, Instagram that people are posting and it can really just feel like we're not doing enough, but it's not that complicated. If you can just follow those five, five main things and use those anytime that you're making a meal, it takes like all the guesswork out. Oh, Drew, that is such a beautiful reminder to everyone. And what you've listed there are simple things that people can find um, easily. Um, And there's a lot that you can find in bulk in terms of quinoa or lentils um, that will last so much. And even just adding a veggie stock cube and while you boil quinoa will add some beautiful flavor to it. Um, And it's such a good reminder for for our listeners and myself that you can eat healthily and nourish your body um, during um, a global health pandemic. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we always try to make things complicated. I don't know if like everyone else is like this, but like my, my, like five years ago, my younger self, like I always felt like eating healthy and doing things had to be so complicated. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would try to follow like these recipes and, try and like go grocery and like my husband and I would leave the grocery store and our bill would be just like crazy ridiculous and it wasn't until I started to be like okay like this can be simple like healthy eating can be easy and fun and taste good and simple and it really is about just keeping those those five key categories on hand and just rotating things you know I'll tell clients hey take those five categories, make a list under each one of like four to five foods that you love. So maybe under veggies, you put like, you know, for me, it would be like bok choy, um, collard greens, spinach, and make a list under each category and then just rotate those. And that's like an easy way that you can just get the most bang for your buck, but also just make it really easy on yourself. Oh, I love that. And and having that list of, you know, your five under each um, area is such a great thing to have on hand because if you are having to go to the shops or even um, securing an online delivery, you can really um, look back on that list and you're, you're buying with intention rather than um, reaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'd like to dive again more into um, the gut and get even more nerdy. <laughs> So I wanted to know, um, I'm curious to know what the most common disruptors to our gut health are and maybe um, what are some surprising disruptors to our gut that, that many of us, including me, don't know about? Yeah, um, so just from my own experience and from working with you know, clients, I would say that the most common disruptors are um, dairy, uh, gluten, alcohol, and stress. Um, I know that for a lot of people, when I hear their stories, it's usually, it wasn't until they started to eliminate the dairy, gluten, and alcohol that they started to feel better. And again, like we said, like our bio-individuality, everyone's different, but that's a very common ground that I'm finding. Um, I also, you know, think when I learned about in school, like it was always those main things, dairy, gluten, alcohol, and stress 
I think is definitely a common disruptor, but I think when we focus too much on stress, you know, like on like ways to get rid of it, like we're never going to not have stress in our life. It's just, like I said, it's a matter of having the tools to um, those relaxation tools when we are feeling super stressed. Uh, Most surprising, I think, would be a diet high in sugar. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize the connection between like a really, a diet really high in sugar and how our digestion is is running. Um, processed foods, not meaning you can't have any, but a diet high in processed foods. Uh, anxiety, I struggle with anxiety and anxiety definitely plays into how, our, how happy our gut is. Um, Another one would be yo-yo dieting. So when you go from, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to try Whole30. Oh, I'm going to do keto. Oh, South Beach sounds good. It's when you jump from these extreme diets that your gut just, it doesn't know what to expect. Like, you, it, it just, like, all rules are out the window. It's like, I don't know what's going on. Like, what are you doing to me? So it's just having that, like, consistent routine that really helps. Um, and not getting enough sleep. I think sleep is something that uh, people talk about a lot, but I don't think we really focus on why sleep is so important and that it really isn't that complicated. Um, you know, there, there's routines and habits that we can do to help us with our sleep. But I also think it's hard to reset or even think about healing our gut and you know these disruptors that are that are causing these issues. If we don't first work on the love that we have with ourselves and and wanting to do better for our bodies, so I think it's you know if if I would say like the first thing to focus on before like having you know all these common disruptors, it would be like our our love for ourselves and our bodies and the way that we are nourishing it and the way that we we just want to change. Um, we want change and we want to be better and we want to, like I said, give this gift to our future self because I find so many times people will try something out and it lasts like a week or two and then, you know, it can be hard. It's hard to try it and start a new habit or routine. And um, if we have that solid foundation of why we're doing it, then I think that we can make those last a lot longer and we can actually fully go through the process of healing your gut. Mm, I, I love that bit as well about reminding ourselves um, to find that love and to change that inner dialogue um, with ourselves because I'm thinking back to um, points in my life where you know I would yo-yo diet and I would see my, uh, my, my gut, my internal um, cravings as something that was other than me. It was my enemy. It, it wasn't working with me. And actually that resistance and that frustration with seeing part of myself against me was actually, I think, deterring me from really investing in my health because I didn't see you know, my, my cravings and my diet as part of me and my gut as part of me. It was um, you know, the enemy that I had to fight against. And when I started to realize that um, and, and understand a bit more about my own diet and my own gut health and really finding more of a nourishing approach to it, 
um, I found a bit more grace and understanding and, and love for myself with that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, it definitely takes loving yourself first, and that, that's so hard. It's so hard, right? Like, when yes. I'm feeling great, it's like, how do you expect me to love this body that I'm in that is, you know, I'm, I don't feel good. But, you know, it's tapping into, like, why are we doing this for ourselves? And, and just wanting to do better, you know, it, for me, it, it just, I don't know. I'm so passionate about it because I have been there and I know how hard it is when when we aren't feeling our best to ex- like to talk about expecting to like love the skin that we're in and our digestion and our gut. But it really it's about healing that part of ourselves that you know might come from a different space of just food. Maybe it's you know programming that we we were built around or, you know, past relationships that told us that we weren't good enough or, you know, there's a lot of things that play into it. So it's, it's working through all of that as well. Not just, not just the food like we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And, and as you said earlier, um, it's all a process and it's all a journey. So, um, you know, I certainly still have days. I had them this week where (laughs) I was, um, in a little like dark little blanket cave and just watching the Netflix and eating the peanut butter M&Ms and just being like, F it. Like, I don't care right now. (laughs) And kind of going down the, the mindset tunnel of, you know, being a bit negative, but allowing myself maybe a day of that and recognizing that that was, um, um, something that I've worked so hard on. I was able to then, you know, the next couple days be like, okay, what do I really need? Um, where do I need to show more love to myself? in this moment. And it gave me, um, I actually reduced a lot of anxiety because I had those coping mechanisms to, um, go to, um, rather than feeling like there was no, um, way out. Yeah. 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 And like you said, like not feeling guilty or shameful that you did that, like being like, you know what, like, that's okay. I needed it, but it's like, how can I make better decisions today? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you also raised another um, point um, there when you were talking about the common disruptors to our gut health about um, sleep being one of them. And I know for certain that um, I know I need about nine hours of sleep a night. And when I don't get it, which can be often sometimes, it really impacts how um, my body stores and uses food and I get inflamed and um, bloated and I I don't feel... (laughs) ever so good or have as much energy and it's really interesting something so simple and like you said something so easy where we can do some yoga nidra or some meditation at night and soothing sounds and um getting away from (laughs) our phones which sounds so much easier than it is (laughs) um all these things that we can do to really give us um a nourishing start to the day yeah yeah totally I mean I have I have like a really strict nighttime routine for myself and it just came up because I was like I need this like and then when I started to it was like one habit built upon another and then all of a sudden now it's just like I have this routine and my husband even knows because he's like when I say I'm going to bed at like eight o'clock he knows exactly what I'm doing like 
wasn't going upstairs. And I'm having my, like, you know, my whole routine that helps me just sleep like a baby because it is. Like, your sleep is so important to so many things that are going on um, inside your body, how you feel, your energy levels, your mood, um, your skin, like, everything. It connects to everything. So, you know, like my nighttime routine is, is long and strict and it doesn't have to look like that. Um, and I say strict, like, as like a funny, you know, like it it is, I mean, it is kind of strict. (laughs) I am very like, I need to do this for myself. Um, but you know, I know how I feel, so it's, it's okay. Oh, completely. And I, I think that's the, a good point that you raised. Like, um, you know, each ritual is going to be different to each individual um, and down to how they identify with scheduling and what they may need. So um, some people may really need the strict, um, uh, you know, strict as in like a nurturing um, scheduled um, ritual for themselves to honor that. And others may like to have more of a, a fluid approach to it. Like some days are a bit more lengthy and others are, you know, slower and quicker. Um so I'm interested to know about your sleep routine. Would you be able to share some of that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so <laughs> it's usually about 8, 8.30. I am upstairs. Um, I turn all the lights down <laughs> in the bedroom, and I put uh, the, some oils, depending on, you know, whatever I'm feeling sometimes. It, lately, it's been, uh, like, patchouli and frankincense. Um and I put it in my like little, you know, um, diffuser next to the bed and I get that going and then I go into the bathroom and I have this like lengthy skincare routine just because I know how important it is to take care of our skin. Um, again, everything's related to the gut and, you know, I use all these skincare things that just help me like feel like I'm taking care of myself um I think all throughout like college and high school like I slept with I was one of those who slept with my makeup on all the time yes and I realized how bad that was when my skin started to just go haywire um so you know I do all my skincare and then I um use a hot usually like a hot uh washcloth and I'll put a little bit of like lavender oil on it and just set it on my face kind of like I don't know it just feels like I'm getting pampered and pampering myself um and then I go and I lay in bed and I play I don't know if anyone else has like an obsession with the calm app but it's amazing and sometimes I will turn on a story usually it will be like a Matt uh, Matthew McConaughey tells a story and he just makes me fall asleep in like a minute um but sometimes it'll be music or nature sounds and I get in bed and then I usually read and I'll just read a few pages and um, I spray my pillow like you know I'll sometimes I'll do some cards so I have like these um, like I don't know different kinds of cards like oracle cards or angel cards that I'll pull if I'm feeling like I need some answers before I go to bed and um, I also have like a gratitude journal. So it's strict, but I also, with certain things, but I also ask myself like, what do I most 
need right now? Like, how can I, you know, how can I end my day feeling very calm and content? And sometimes it's writing in a gratitude journal. Sometimes it's pulling a card. Sometimes it's just laying down and listening to music to go to bed. It really, that part varies um, depending on, you know, checking in with myself. But I allow myself about like two hours to fully unwind because, you know, if we're checking our phones and we got like the light on and, you know, notifications pop up and there's so many distractions. Um, So I just make sure that everything is off or on airplane mode and all the lights are dim. So you get like that, you know, like almost like that natural like melatonin going on and, um, and then I'm just out. <laughs> oh, that sounds so beautiful. I'm, I'm, I was listening to you and I just thought that sounds so relaxing. I def- it's definitely like a ritual. Like I'm really about rituals. So like in the morning, same thing. Like I have a routine. It varies depending on what I, you know, and then I have like a work day startup routine and a work day shutdown routine and routines really help me especially because I do struggle with anxiety to get in these these almost like these zen moments or these signifiers of like okay time to be done with this task and move on to something else um it just helps helps me uh also stay inspired and motivated too so um I mean that's what works for me so, <laughs> yes, I love hearing um, other people's rituals because um, they're individual to each person. But I think by hearing um, each person's ritual, it gets you inspired to to ask yourself, yes, what do you need? But also maybe experiment with uh, some of those um, fun ways to really get into the moment and be with yourself, whether that's gratitude journaling um, pulling some oracle cards um or you know doing that lovely um lavender face um a mask with a, a washcloth that sounds lovely so i might yeah, be doing that tonight that's amazing. try it <laughs> i think i will <laughs> um and you mentioned there as well about how um you um uh work through anxiety and i um know that a lot of our listeners will really relate and will be curious about um, the connection between anxiety and gut health. Would you be able to talk a little bit more about that and, you know, going through your own journey? Yeah, you know, it's hard having anxiety and gut issues because you can have anxiety, which causes gut issues, and you can have gut issues, which cause anxiety about them. Um, so they go hand in hand. And, you know, when I was living in the city, you know, my husband and I moved out to a smaller town outside of Chicago two years ago when I started to really check in with myself and my lifestyle and how it was supporting how I felt internally. Um, and I realized that the city was causing me a lot of anxiety. It was the like hustle bustle, the, you know, traffic and the horns honking and just the busyness and I fought that for so long I feel like because I thought that living in the city meant that I was successful it was this weird attachment that I had of like making it meant like I lived in a high rise in the city and I was all fancy and when I started to tap into 
more into myself and my awareness and just get really deep, um, I realized that it wasn't serving me and that I really needed to to move. Um, and it was that was like a drastic change. You know, I told my husband and he was very supportive. He's very supportive of everything. And um, we just bought our condo in the city and it was, oh my gosh, I think it was a year and a half later that we sold it. <laughs> we put it on, up for sale because I just couldn't do it anymore. And we moved out and we moved into a small town into actually complete opposite of what we were doing. We lived in like a brand new um, condo and now we live in a, a 1800, uh, a farmhouse, converted farmhouse built in the 1800s. So my life changed completely, but it needed to happen because my anxiety was just, it was to the point where I, I couldn't even like almost function anymore. Um, and it's really affected my gut. It affected my gut. I started to have to decline events and um, family get-togethers and traveling because I didn't know what to expect. Like, I felt like anything I ate just triggered, um, like triggered my stomach. And then I got anxious about that. And it was just this like cycle. So, it wasn't until I moved out here that I really started to become aware of the connection between like stress and anxiety and our digestion and realize that I don't think I would have been able to fully uh, repair and reset my digestion until I made that, that move. Um, to you know what like my calling was was to be more slow and intentional and it's really helped with my anxiety I still have those days you know especially with everything going on right now where I feel super anxious but you know and I I feel it in my gut like I'll wake up and I will like go to the bathroom like 10 times in the one morning and I just feel so so like off balance but I know now that you know is I keeping my my therapy appointment and um, doing some breathing techniques and sometimes some tapping that I've learned through therapy um, that there's tools that I can use to really calm down my anxiety and in return it calms down my digestion but you know it, it it's hard because they you know it, it, it's like what comes first like the chicken or the egg kind of thing because anxiety it can be our digestion first or our anxiety first and they both almost like play off of each other um so it's just again it's about keeping those tools in your back pocket that you need when when you start to feel anxious mm. oh thank you so much for sharing your your journey through that i can relate to so many points there um and and also the point where you raised um that uh, it's either you know the gut um, um, issues or anxiety issues that you know start off that connection. And for me, it was anxiety that led to gut issues and and triggering eczema and all sorts of things for me. Um, but 
I also really resonated with the point about you making that a lot of our environment can be triggering uh, for people with anxiety. And um, that's a really good point for, for us, especially now as we're spending more time in our homes to ask ourselves whether our environment is really supportive of where we we are and what we need to do and what we, you know, what our lifestyle needs to be. Um, I have also, I've been considering, I live um, right in the middle of DC, about a mile away from the White House. And um, at the moment, it's fine. I like small cities, but I know that in the near future, I really crave access to nature and my own backyard and space to breathe. Um, so I really resonated with your story. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, and if you if you can't move, like if you don't have that ability to just pick up and move, you know, like you said, there are things that you can do inside your home to create this this home environment that makes you feel at ease and and peaceful. Um, you know, people come over and they make they sometimes make fun of me because it's like I always have like candles going and um, my house has a lot of like blues and neutrals that call me and um, I have a lot of quote like I'm sitting here talking to you and I have this quote that I stare at every day and it it says let your soul stand cool and composed before a million universes and it's just these little things that you can put up in places that almost give you that like pause and reflect moment um, that if you can't make the move that you can just bring into your house to to give you that sense of calm. Oh, that's such a good point. Yes, um, whether that's, you know, introducing plants in your environment if you really want um, a touch of nature um, or, you know, like you said, um, using the Calm app. I use Alexa in the mornings and, or in the evenings rather, and play night sounds um, with ocean waves or thunderstorms in the evening and just fade off um, with sounds of nature. So it's a, you know, you can find some really clever ways of, of really um, warming up your, your own current environment to support yourself. Yeah, and you know what, it's like, who cares if it looks or sounds silly? Like I used to worry so much of like, like does this look a little, you know, but now it's like, it's important to me and that's all that matters. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you have to do something that, you know, might look a little odd to the outside world or to your husband or whatever, like it doesn't matter because it's helping you and, you know, what, like what more could you ask for? Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you as well for, um, you know, the women out there who may be experiencing gut issues and who are just at the beginning of their journey. What would you tell them right now? Um, I would say, you know, seeking help and support is the best thing that you can do. Um, take things step by step, day by day. It doesn't need to be overwhelming if you don't want it to. Um, I would say find that support system. You know, I like to call it like a wellness support system. When I was going 
in the beginning stages of things, going through everything, it was really important to find that wellness support system that um, I could go and talk to that were like my, my safe people that supported me on this journey, you know, from therapy to coaches to, you know, whatever, whatever you need. Um, use your resources, use what you have, use the tools that you can incorporate into your everyday life. Um, have that support. You know, for me, I would say day by day, wellness support team and starting a food journal was key um it wasn't until i started that food journal that i i resisted for so long i think because i didn't want things out on paper um it was almost like that reality check that that's where i started to get the most growth um in my healing journey Oh, that's such a, a beautiful reminder. And um, the food journal, like you said, can help so much. Um, I have been resistant to it. I remember being resistant to it for years because I was like, there was a part of me that was like, no, I don't want to to know. Um, but it was once I worked through the mindset issues of, you know, good versus bad. It's like, no, no, it's food. <laughs> Um, what is providing me with nourishment and what are the patterns written down in my journal that um, are nourishing and others that aren't. And it was really helpful when I did that. Yeah, and it, you know, for me, it was like, I don't have time to do it. But it doesn't take like more than five more minutes out of your day to like just write it down. I just, I kept it on my kitchen counter so it was always there. So I always walked past it. Um, you know, and there's a really simple way. If you just, you can take a sheet of paper, you put a line down the middle of it, and on the left-hand side, you write down your breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and drinks. Don't forget drinks. <laughs> and then on the right, you write down your bowel movements. You write down your mood and anything else that you feel like you need to know. Um, you know, and getting a little like nitty gritty here, but it also helps if you draw out what your bowel movements look like. And that part was hard for me because I was like, this is weird, like what? But it helps because you're like, we forget that that's like a huge part of detecting what's going on inside our body. So if you can start making the connection between your bowel movements, your mood, and your food it's like a whole universe like opens up for you um I actually have like a free printable uh food journal on I was gonna say my website but my website's um I'm redesigning it right now but I think it's uh, drewmartino.com forward slash journal and it's just like a free printable journal to make it easy but it's just making those those connections that starts to really you know like open up your eyes to a lot of things. Oh, that's so helpful. And thank you so much for um, access to that journal. I'll make sure that that link is um, in the show notes to this episode. Um, So for any of our ambitious introverts who really resonate with your story and love um, the connections you're making and the work that you're doing, um, 
where can they find you and what sort of, you mentioned um, the GLOW method, uh, what sort of support do you have available to them? Yeah, um, so most of my like fun stuff and tips and tricks and things are over on my Instagram. So that's uh, at DrewMartino underscore. And I'm I'm on Instagram probably a little too much. <laughs> but um, also my website, DrewMartino.com. Um, again, it's like, it might be ready by the time that this airs, but right now it's just a landing page with an email sign up because I'm currently rebranding a lot of things. And then, you know, I work with clients in two ways. I work with them one-on-one and I only really take about three to four clients a year with that. And then I have my membership, which houses my Glow Method program which I'm really excited about because it's always been a dream of mine to make coaching accessible to a wider range of um, people. And I'm so excited that like this is actually happening now, being able to run this membership where I'm like fully present and engaged in and, um, you know, it's a monthly membership and it has my signature glow method in it as like the kickstart program that previously was offered at like a high price point but I know that there was a lot of people that needed it and I wanted to offer it to everyone um so that's in there and then there's like recipe vault and we have uh two two I was gonna say two weekly uh bi-monthly live coaching calls which is really fun because we all show up Um, and we'll talk about like a topic that we're all interested in, or we'll just, uh, we'll have like some one-on-one coaching and it's just this community space that's very safe and supportive and, you know, everyone, all the women are together on this, this similar journey. So it's just such a beautiful thing to see it grow. Um, and I'm, it's, if you can hear like, it's my baby, like I'm very passionate about it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So where can um, women um, contact you um, about um, the membership or the GLOW method? Yeah. um, So they can either send me a DM on Instagram. They can email me at hello at drewmartino.com. Or you can go to drewmartino.com forward slash membership. And um, those three ways are like the easiest ways to to join. Perfect. Ladies, um, all of those um, links will be in the show notes to this episode. So please scroll down and look for them and connect with Drew. As you know, she is full of knowledge. She only imparted just a little um, percentage of what she knows and the nourishing support that she offers. So reach out, tell her where you heard her from. And um, yes, enjoy your, your start and your journey on your gut health. Um, Drew, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather, so much. This was this was a lot of fun. So I very I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully, I gave you the boost you needed to start your week. If it did, it would be appreciated if you spent two minutes right now to give this podcast a review on iTunes and then share the episode with an introverted friend who needs to hear this message. Your review will make sure other ambitious introverts who are struggling to find their voice and focus 
find this show and can receive the love and support we hope you felt today. Thank you. And remember, your perceived introverted weaknesses are your powerhouse.